Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. I am Sandy Johnston, the host of this podcast, and I'm a transformation coach, consultant, and energetic healer, helping women to heal, recover, rebuild, and become abundant in their lives. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to mention a couple of features which are included in this podcast to help you get the best possible value out of it. Firstly, you can find links to help you connect with me and my guests in the episode notes. It's as easy as clicking on the link to help you get connected. And the other thing is that I record the top takeaways from each show to help you focus on some of the most helpful tips and information, which will help you hopefully with your challenges and help you on your healing journey too. You can find these tips at the end of the episode and in the episode notes. Okay, let's get into the show. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. On today's show, I am doing an interview with an amazing woman in Scotland and I'll tell you more about her at the beginning of the interview. But right now, I just wanted to make mention that I had some technical issues with this particular interview. The sound on her end is fantastic, so there's no disruptions to anything that she's saying. However, I had some technical issues that day on my end and the sound is a bit distorted in places with my sound and I just wanted to get on now ahead of the interview and just make you aware of it, apologize, let you know that uh, technology is not my strong suit. I've learned a lot along this podcasting journey. At the moment, this is a solo effort on my part and there will be the occasional um, technical issue that I might have and I just know that um, I'm doing my best and I am learning every time I make a mistake. So um, yeah, very sorry if there are a few annoying sound glitches in this interview. Please, I hope it does not detract from you listening to this interview in full. It's a really wonderful conversation between Naomi and myself being two survivors who have come out the other side of abusive relationships and are both now helping women to rise above their circumstances and to heal and recover and rebuild their lives. So please tune in. Okay. On today's show, I have a beautiful woman who is truly an overcomer. Her name is Naomi Brown. Naomi is truly a warrior, a survivor, and now thriver from domestic abuse and violence. She is based in Edinburgh. She is the founder of Harmony Business and Life Solutions. She's a business coach and transformative mindset coach to help others identify their limits beliefs which stem from pain and trauma setting up her business only six months ago and escaping her ordeal with abuse only one year ago she has used her story to help others tell and heal their lives too welcome Naomi hi there now, can you just start off this conversation with sharing with the listeners a bit about your backstory and how this relates to listeners and the challenges they are going through with domestic abuse? Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on your show tonight uh, or, or this morning, <laughs> whatever time zone that we're in. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. I guess for me, um, domestic violence and domestic abuse has always been a, a theme, um, a theme until last year had managed to finally sever but 
for 30 years on this planet, it had been something that I had experienced indirectly as a child growing up around my, my father and the way that he treated my mother through my own relationships um, from a, you know, a young adult right through until, you know, last year. And um, I think, you know, when we witness these things from a very small and young age, it becomes a, a common denominator of normality for us. Um, as women that we think that, that is our, our worth or that is the best it should be for us because it's what we've witnessed growing up. Um, certainly for me, love and trust around kind of relationships had been something that had been very um, wafer-like and thin and delicate, I guess, that you could, you could best describe it. But um, I think something had to give within that and it certainly was you know the element of how much do I really love myself and value myself to know that this isn't acceptable and this isn't norm, you know normal and I think within you know society it plays a massive part I, I you know I certainly can account for domestic violence within Scotland that it is a very common nor you know normal aspect of life now that you know in some sort of way albeit physical emotional or mental abuse or narcissistic abuse even that these things are becoming more and more frequent in today's society and it's it's strange because we are very liberal about promoting women's rights and equality however this is still going on and you know it's still out there and in broad daylight and there still needs to be a call to action when a lot more is done about it what do you have any theories firstly thanks so much for sharing that but you know just struck me as you were talking about that and how it is so prevalent in in today's society and you know you you sort of have this uh, vision of not a very sort of hopeful future at the moment with the way things are in societal sort of attitudes and um, how that's playing out in mm -hmm. in life do you have any sort of theories behind that as to you know why that's happening so I, it's funny that you mentioned that, Sandy. I've actually been doing a research project into domestic violence and kind of the factors surrounding it. You know, in the UK and globally, we are now facing pandemic where, you know, we are confined a lot to our households. And it struck upon me how, I guess, fortunate and, and lucky that I am to be here and to have made an escape from my situation um, three days before national lockdown in Scotland um, and and my my ex just quickly he had been someone who had been very emotionally abusive coercive um, sexually you know volatile and very malevolent in his thinking and his actions and I had been in places with him that I would never have dreamt to be in terms of, you know, I didn't want to even be here. And for me, I've been fortunate enough to get out of the way. It dawned on me, you know, that there's so many women, you know, not just in Scotland, but globally, who are now, you know, that's all that they've got, you know, they're living on their nerves, they're living on their, you know, they're, and I think prior to COVID, a lot of, you know, it's that nature nurture aspect I think a lot you know if we experience or we witness things in our young years through adolescence and this can instill uh, a de development a developmental defect that um, we think that that is an acceptable way to be and when I was doing my research project I encountered in the UK that the, the age group of 18 to 24 is the highest rate of where domestic violence occurs so I think you know, from this young age, there's maybe perhaps a lack of boundary for our young men where they think it's acceptable to, you know, in order to get their own way or initiate dominance or control that we have to initiate violence and abuse. Because then we're seeing that spike at 18 to 24, where, you know, there's a lot more incidents of, of abuse. And that's where we're kind of most fragile, we're most susceptible, we're most kind of engaging in, you know, in social 
observation and, and you know engaging in these acts um you know of and, you know so if we're witnessing things like abuse perhaps in the media or you know our friends are engaging in it or you know we're witnessing it from our families it's then becoming more normal to then go through our you know our late into our later years as adults and think that this is acceptable sure and you know i'm i'm also wondering whether um whether technology and the the modes of you know communication that uh young people are exposed yeah. to may also be playing a part in in this i just you know just from um my my perspective where you know i'm i'm older i've got children who uh i've got you know one who's in her 20s and then i've got children who are in their teens and to hear like this is just coming from like music that i hear like my kids listening to and stuff and and the language in the music is very derogatory towards yeah. women and towards sex and yeah you know and I, I just wonder like this is seems to be the language that they just they just prattle off and see yeah. as being non-harmful and normal whereas I'm quite sort of shocked and taken aback and I think how could they be using that kind of language and kids are now thinking that this is okay because these messages are actually like where's their filter where's their filter you know to like say this is this is just words or this is actually an attitude that we we start to attribute in our own lives and then we start treating people in the way in which we're being told to by our peers through mass media and I, I'm a bit confounded by it I get a bit sort of you know a bit concerned thinking where's this going with this generation like are they going to know you know what right you know how to actually treat people or is this going to come out and is it going to be disastrous in terms of the way that they're going to treat their partners and the the people that they have relationships with in their life no I think what you've just said there is a very valid um a very valid kind of as explanation and kind of surrounding that and if we want to you know look back into that particular age group where they are most influenced I would agree with you you know we have this pop star culture even from the women you know who are within that industry who don't show a great deal in my personal opinion you know a level of self-respect that is going to be promoted to women you know of that young kind of category and I think as well if we want to go to you know the other side and the more extreme side of the spectrum you know at that age group as well you know the young minds are very interested in sex and you know that kind of surrounding area so when we have pornography that violates a woman and depicts her to be you know worthless and filthy and that's that's how women enjoy lovemaking or that area it then carries on that level of respect because the media um, and you know the news and that betray um, perceived identity onto you know young minds that this is what women enjoy and this is what we you know what we want when in reality it's not it's a level of disrespect yeah it's very um very distorted and it is really concerning that you know all of this the access to things that going back pre-internet were not as readily available you yeah. know to um impressionable young minds is now everywhere for them to be able to tap mm -hmm. into and they'd sort of have to be like offline not to be stumbling on these things and yeah. for those things not to be impacting and influencing them in some way so Absolutely. Um, yeah it's a really really different world and it's a really challenging world uh, in terms of parenting mm -hmm. to try and have conversations with your children where 
you're still allowing your children to explore, you know, Mm -hmm. and find their own path in life. But you want to also try and instill good values in them so that they know they know where the line is and they know not to cross that line because they know that it's not going to be good for both themselves and for other people so um, it is super super challenging but it's something absolutely yeah that I'm very aware of and it's something that you know I try um, and try and do to the best of my ability with my own children um but it's a great conversation to have Naomi because um I think that it is good to explore you know why aren't things improving when really we should be taking we should be taking leaps and bounds in terms of women's equality in all areas and why is this still such a big problem in our society and why does it seem to be a growing problem you know why why aren't we getting on top of this we are having conversations about domestic abuse now and and there is more awareness around it but it doesn't seem to be improving the situation and particularly you know the thing that really motivated me to start this podcast was when COVID started and mm-hmm. I saw the rates of domestic abuse just going through the roof. And I thought, I can't sit by and not do anything. I need no. to do something to try and reach out to women and provide them with some support and give them a safe space, you know, because I know what it's like to be isolated. I know what it's like to feel alone and not know what to do. So that was my big motivation. But look, I would love it if you've been really great about, you know, talking about where the abuse stemmed from in your life and and what it looked like. Can you, you've, you know, I think you're a real source of inspiration because you've really managed to um, recreate a positive, you know, path forward for yourself Mm -hmm. after coming out of something so recently. And I'd just like to you to sort of talk. I know that, you know, our purpose often comes from our pain. And absolutely, yeah, and I just like you to talk about that because really, like, we could spend a lot of focus talking about you know the problem, but I like to put some uh, emphasis on the solutions, and that's what I'd really like to talk with you about now is just to ask you, you know, for the first, just suggest some tips for maybe the first couple of steps that you took to start to explore what options might be there for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think for any of your listeners listening, it's important to know that our healing journey is not one that is linear, um, nor is one that can be decided by anyone else. And what I mean by that, it took me four and a half years to feel ready to leave something. And, you know, I had been on this journey for two years with my friends you know and my family but more so my best friends where you know I'd confide in them and I would tell them my heartache and my my heartbreak and and what was going on and you know people would advise oh you need to leave him you need to do this you need to do that when someone emotionally buggers you because that's all it can really be described as you know when you've lost your mind you've lost your sanity your confidence your self-worth you know you don't even know who you are anymore you've gone from this bubbly happy woman to this overweight can't leave the house can't even look you in the eye human and the only enjoyment you've got is going to your work to then come home and sit and wait for this gaslighting nightmare you for me, I had made a choice two and a half years ago that my healing would, you know, I wanted more. And it really is true, you know, for myself, for my coaching clients, for anyone I speak to, you cannot heal in the place that keeps you sick. And what I mean by that is 
sure I could move from being suicidal and being really, really low, but I could only hit a kind of plateau of where I wanted to essentially go. And fortunately for me, the universe had opened some truths into my relationship where I discovered the man that I was with all that time not only was, you know, a severe domestic abuser, he was cheating. I had a double life during that time as well so that made it a lot easier for me to kind of finally cut this you know cut the cord but for for anyone who is going through domestic abuse you know whatever form or variation that takes for them their healing and their plan of escape and what they want to do needs to be suited to them not for the needs of anyone else but someone who afflicts pain and abuse and trauma and belittles you and makes you feel that you are not worthy of the ground that you stand on will never change for you nobody what I'm saying is you know we we change for who we want to be but if someone is inflicting that level of pain you use because there's usually enjoyment in what they're doing they're getting that thrill off of making you feel that you are nothing that you don't matter and for me my my escape was then consumed by having to rebuild my whole life, which took away that distraction. I knew getting away was what I wanted to do. But I genuinely think, had I not involved the, the police and the legal system in Scotland, that there's a good chance that I would still be on this loop and, and not, not as successful or where I am just now in my life, which is a place of absolute sheer happiness, you know, and safety. Can I ask you, because I know that every every journey is different for every person um, when they, they exit, you know, um, can you just tell me, you know, did things get harder for you for a while when you involved the police and the courts? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Um, so it's really, it's lovely we're doing this podcast because it's almost for, uh, it's almost full cycle to the the year um, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. That would mark when everything kind of came about. But um, yeah, life right after was very difficult. We had gone into lockdown in Scotland, uh, lived alone, my family kind of all 150 miles away from home and very lucky that my best friend was in Edinburgh so I could support, I had her as a, an emotional support. But um, yeah, it, my ex still was in, lying to me and gaslighting me that this was all in my head and I was crazy. And, and when I knew that, you know, this was the truth and I started to be myself, um, death threats followed from that. So I was getting a lot of uh, abuse saying that I was getting my house set on fire and he loved me and it was me that he wanted. And this went on from about March until till July and you know admittedly had been back and forward you know trying to believe that he might change or things might improve and the laugh of it was you know that the the woman that he'd been with all that time whilst being with me she had disappeared but he'd now taken a new girl into this triangulation and um was getting really coercive really controlling and when I was not kind of listening to him was getting quite threatening so I made the decision in July last year to involve the police because I couldn't take it anymore, this kind of back and forward and feeling strong one moment and then feeling completely depleted the next. And um, I involved the police and the police wanted, in Scotland, the laws surrounding domestic violence are quite tight and they're quite strict. And um, they wanted evidence and statement of the whole time we were together because there was a backlog and a category of abuse. And I think, you know, when we mention emotional abuse, it's one that's very often looked over, but in relation to my own research, it's actually one of the most common uh, forms of, of abuse that we don't sometimes realize. But this man would tell me every day that I was fat and I was disgusting and he was threatening me and, and I had no friends. I wasn't allowed social media. And I laugh now in terms of social media because I have a following now of nearly 6,000 people. And I, I wasn't allowed to even have my basic, basic best friends of years. Anything and everything that I liked was malignantly taken away from me um, and to the point I didn't even want to live. 
So it has been a long process. Um, I mean, last year it was about building my my life again. You know, it's about finding confidence and it, it you know it's been having post traumatic stress and seeing a therapist and and you know looking at my own healing so I can be accountable for my coaching clients and there's still some days where I feel triggered and I'm still going through a, a legal court process at the moment and I know as that you know draws closer that there is that kind of increased anxiety and heightened anxiety surrounding it but I know if I don't follow through in this then not only am I letting myself down I'm letting the women down that so many of us that go through these things that you know perhaps where the court system has failed them it's now my turn to take the stand and be proud of things that I've been through, you know, so I can advocate continually in this area. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so important. Um, we, we have an award here in Australia for Australian of the Year and um, it's in January. So the Australian for the Year this year, her name is Grace Tame and um, she was somebody who was sexually abused and um, she fought through the court for her right to speak publicly about the abusive experience that she had and her, who her abuser was. We had uh, legislation in place where there was basically, it was um, gagged victims from being able to yeah. name their abuser and she fought for that right for herself and so I applaud you because you know this is this is the hard hard part I mean everything leading up to here has been excruciatingly hard um and this is no different in that it is also hard to yeah. get to the other side of but you know that you have a purpose in what you're yeah. doing. So that purpose is where you can draw strength from to help you to get through to the other side of Absolutely. This, this challenge that, yeah, is going to hold your perpetrator accountable for the things that he did to you. And this is something... Um, a trait in narcissists where narcissists will avoid being held accountable for Absolutely. their actions at all costs and um, and this is just helping them to understand in life this is not about punishing you know this is about helping them to understand that this is actually the way life works that yeah there is cause and effect. So if they're going to do something to somebody, then, you know, we have man-made laws in place to say, this is not okay. This is, you have crossed over the line and it is not okay and you need to be accountable for your actions. And it's Absolutely. not as, as the victim of these things happening to you, it's understanding that you know, you, you're not the creator of this. You were the recipient of this abuse. And it is your right to seek the safety and the protection that you need in your life. Mm -hmm. That that's your right. That's everybody's right. We have a right to, to feel safe. We have a right to be safe. We have a right to be treated with respect. And, and it's time for us to speak about this and say, this is our right. And so this is what we're going to do. So, yeah, so I'm very, very, very proud of you for, um, you for going through this, this next step. Thank and you. you know that what's waiting for you on the other side of that and you know the the way in which you're going to empower not only yourself but empower many other women by by doing this so yeah good thank on you. you thank you yeah. very much sandy yeah yeah it's 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 been a journey and I you know only tonight I sit here with one of my friends and reflect about kind of the, the journey that the, the last year has been yeah. and just kind of how surreal it can be you know that burning desire to rid yourself of
you know, these things that chastise us, that control us, that, you know, things that will absolutely break us. And, you know, it it's a, a slow process, but one day it gets easier and easier and easier. And you just, you don't settle. I mean, God, this last year I've had, you know, I finally met a man who sees my worth, who honestly, I pinch myself because he's, it's a normal relationship but I've been so accustomed to things where I didn't feel that worth but through that own self-love and development over the last year I've now finally met someone who appreciates what I've got to offer and bring to the table rather than make, making me feel that I have to change or I have to accommodate or I have to be something I'm not or I have to be quiet or you just need to be yourself in life yeah I love that and it's a really um, important aspect of the healing is to really uh, love yourself and absolutely yeah and it can be really hard to do that particularly when you've been through abuse um, because as as you will know there's like a lot of shame and embarrassment about the things that um, happened and yes. you've got to break break through that to understand that you are, you know, you are worthy and, you know, that nothing that has happened to you can change that and you are deserving of love. So absolutely. And I think it's really valid that as hard as it can be based on our past experiences of people that we have to take individuals for their own merit. Yeah. I mean, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I spent the longest duration of a relationship in a lie and it'd be easy to go into a new relationship thinking, oh my God, it's all the same, never can't trust and it's going to be like this. And and that's not the case because everyone is different. And yeah, we do tend to attract sometimes the vibe that we give out. However, when we learn to truly look at ourselves and look at healing in the form of light work shadow work and on that cellular level and really take the time and we don't always want to take time we want to rush we want to do everything yesterday but when we do take that time like you will be matched by the energy that you're giving out and I genuinely believe that and I feel that now for the first time in my my 32 year life nearly that it's 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 coming back tenfold and when we understand through even our most shittiest adversities and times life isn't working you know for us you know sorry to us it's working for us and and we need to just really take that in yeah that's just that one concept is something to just meditate on you know because that's a huge thing to wrap your head around that life is not happening to you, it's happening for you. And, you know, when you're in the thick of it in an abusive relationship, it, that is really, really hard to wrap your head around. And it's really hard to just gain an understanding of uh, because you think, how can this be happening for me right now? You know, how can this be part of my my path and part of my journey and and I think that comes from you know that loss of control that you have when you're in an abusive relationship and it's very hard to see beyond being a victim at that time because Absolutely. at that time you feel very much caught in a web and you just mm -hmm. find it you know impossible to yeah. break through you know the web and get out of it so I think that realization and that understanding if there's anybody who's listening and you're still in an abusive relationship just take it from you know a couple of women who have come out the other side of this abusive relationship that they've been in that they have gained this understanding on the other side of this and that this is really something that you can really grab a hold of once you break free so and understand that we understand that where you're at is a really difficult place 
and we understand how difficult it is to break free. And if you are in an abusive relationship and you are listening to this, this is the time for you to be reaching out for support to help you to get out of that relationship and get out of that toxic environment and to get yourself to a safe place because you know that I always say that your safety is the most important thing everything else is secondary to your safety so if you're feeling unsafe that is the alarm bell telling you that you cannot stay you know that every day is a day that you should be breaking free and the cycle doesn't get better it gets worse over time so I've had um you know stories of um outcomes that have been you know fatal for for women Mm -hmm. and um you know what you and I know from the statistics that we see that this is the reality for women who can't break free from abusive relationships and I'm not saying that that happens to every woman but to um to just dismiss that as not being possible for you I never ever thought myself that I would be facing a life or death you know situation in my abusive relationship I just thought it would never ever come to that and it did so um yeah and and it does that is true for many many women um who feel the same way as I did who feel no, this will never happen to me that, you know, and because a lot of the, particularly when the abuse is a lot of psychological abuse, a lot of coercion and manipulation. um, And these are the times where, yeah, you don't see it as being something that um, is really on the cards for you, but um, yeah, know that, that that possibility is there but know that you don't have to go through this on your own. No, I, I totally agree with you and what you just said there. I mean, for me and my ex, my, the perpetrator of my abuse, we had started our journey as friends for two years before we engaged into our relationship as friends. And never in that time of being with him would have I ever imagined that he'd be capable of such levels of evil. Um, uh, so it is really... I think when it comes to that level or that type of abuse, you know, it's that hook, line and sinker where, you know, that the mask and the act falls off. But I would recommend and certainly advise women who are going through this, listen to that gut, trust your gut. You are not crazy. You are worthy of your thoughts from your gut of intuition. And I think we get so caught up in our our heart and our emotional feelings that we dismiss those feelings in our gut. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's just exactly you described it, how it is. You have this horrible gnawing feeling going on in the pit of your stomach. That just It won't leap. It will just, you can't ignore it, but mm-hmm. it's the heart that overrides it. Mm-hmm. Telling yourself that you're okay when the situation is unmanageable. Look, I think we've given enough of a caution now and I just want to take the focus back to something really positive and um, in that, you know, you you are such a heart-centred person, Naomi, and I know that your heart, as my heart is, is for healing women and helping them to heal from the trauma and can really start at any stage in their journey it doesn't matter whether they're still in the abusive relationship or whether they're out the other side our heart is there to help them at whatever stage they are so yeah so um yeah, would you just like to talk a little bit about you know the things that you do in your coaching Absolutely. So I do, um, I offer two types of main services um, for my clients. Um, So I had a a lengthy background in the health and social care sector at management level. So within my coaching, I have adopted a 
person-centered um, approach and what that essentially means within within Scotland we offer a kind of needs-based model of kind of care and support and um, so looking at an individual and what they require in order to thrive and grow and I've very much taken this into my kind of coaching practice and style and um, so within my coaching my clients can expect to see um, analysis of their state so how they feel emotionally and why they're feeling so that so we look at stacking around the kind of mental state and emotional state of their feelings we then look to explore their story um, of the past so really looking at perhaps areas of abuse or trauma um, and, and then looking forward, going forward, how we can then create a new story um, around kind of our new identity. So it's really an exploration of kind of marrying up our state with the perceived identities we've been allowed to be programmed by. Um, so for me, I began coaching in June off, uh, sorry, in July off the back of my own experiences. And of course, sorry, the other service I offer is business consultancy, having my bachelor's in business management. Um, so my coaching, though, and I guess my business consultancy is, a, a, there's not a one size fits all because it's not a one size fits all approach to how we are as individuals. So my coaching is very tailored to the needs of my clients based around the kind of um, areas in which they need to identify limiting beliefs um, in and very fortunate hopefully um, in August I'm returning to do my postgraduate in counselling therapy so this will then give me a better understanding of kind of the, the psych and the mental kind of health around kind of why we feel limiting beliefs or what is the kind of physiology into that triggering point. Yeah fantastic. Fantastic, because yeah, we know that there is uh, there's so much that goes on psychologically with um, with abuse and the the impacts uh, really you know that it has on a person's mental health. Uh, yes. you know, so so um, like yeah, it can it just can create so much havoc in a person's life with their Absolutely. mental health. And I think, you know, with mental health, um, which is really, really crucial, and this is part of the self-love journey too, is not to yeah. not to beat yourself up if you are not coping um, mentally with, you know, if because it is quite normal for victims to experience PTSD. Um, it's yeah, quite absolutely. normal for victims to experience heightened anxiety to be yeah. a hypervigilant state and part of the healing journey and you know part of recovery a big part of recovery is engaging with your healing journey and is getting Absolutely. what that you need with um, the mental health issues. You know, I really am all for counselling. I have had a counsellor for several years now, and um, for me, it's really helped me to heal, and it's helped me to heal. Um, and come just leaps and bounds from where you know where I was when I um, I was in a position where I had to flee from that relationship and and I was traumatized and that trauma was so deeply embedded in me that it wasn't like going off to you know somebody a counselor and going Oh, right okay let's unpack this let's fix this in a session <laughs> you know no. I, wish, <laughs> I wish it was that easy but what it meant is that you know at that point that I had to one of my things that I had to acknowledge and allow for myself was to keep going with my healing journey for as long as I needed to stay on it Absolutely. And, and I think when we when we look to, you know, spiritual healing on a journey, we often think it needs to just be associated with light and love and radiant and glowing energy and being woke. And I find that it's just that it's woke concept because healing comes in the form of exploring darkness, exploring the dark, the pain, why we felt we, we, we had to allow these things in our life. Why did we feel that was acceptable? 
you know, we need to look at the, the accountability in ourselves. What did we allow? Where was the threshold? Where was the breaking point for us where we felt that as women, that this is our purpose and this is our choice, you know, this is all that we have to settle for is to be abused, is to be inflicted in pain. And when we're going on that healing, it's important that we find balance in both. So, you know, we explore these areas, we cry, we let it out, we see the therapist, we maybe take the tablets that we need to, you know, we then look to then doing the exercise and laughing and engaging in friends, but it's important that we have that balance so we can let go and so we can take new energy and new belief into a relationship down the line when we feel ready to not the same traumas the same triggers that we've been engaging in or in extreme cases where we become the abuser yeah 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 well that's you know that's very easy for that to happen too is you know for the victim to those narcissistic traits to you know develop in the victim and I think that happens when when you don't engage in your own healing no I I would totally agree with that um so my first first serious relationship had been one that was really physically abusive and I know that from being I must have been maybe 21 22 and I met a man after this experience and I was horrible to him and it's one of those things you know when you look back and you wish you'd done something differently or you try and you know the 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 guy had been the most loveliest sweetest guy but I treated him like honest rubbish and it was because that's what I felt he should deserve or he should expect because I'd gone through that level and I you know a young mind and a hindsight are, are you know great things to look upon now because we don't have that skill set when we're necessarily that age and that's when we learn from it but it's very true that if we don't resolve trauma and triggers that we will potentially take it into new experiences which will then create the same pattern again yeah absolutely absolutely and that that's a really interesting point is you know without putting any labels on yourself is that when you go down that path of you've come out the other side of an abusive relationship and then you enter into a new relationship Mm -hmm. that triggers will come up in that new relationship and it's really important to have an awareness at the time when those triggers crop up absolutely this is not necessarily that this person is um the same as your narcissist ex but because that part of you is still raw and Mm -hmm. unhealed you're being triggered by it and what it is is it's like a self-preservation you know shield that goes up and you will become defensive because mm-hmm. you're not feeling safe and that's just perfectly understandable given what you've been through and this takes time and if you're in a it, you know this is an interesting point about relationships that is that all relationships will have conflict in them yeah but a healthy relationship doesn't leave you feeling scarred by the conflict no yeah. no so it doesn't hurt in the way that a narcissistic, yeah. you know, um, conflict will feel. So that is, that is like I know for myself that that's been part of my healing journey is um, understanding and accepting that conflict is actually part of that relationship. So absolutely, yeah. Look, this I've loved having this conversation with you. I know. And, um you know perhaps we will have another conversation again at another time to talk more about all things um concerning abusive relationships and uh, most importantly healing from those abusive relationships so Mm -hmm. yeah it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast thank you um, before we go, would you like to share any links with the listeners for them to find you? Absolutely. So at the moment, whilst my um, website is under kind of current development, I can be found on Facebook at Harmony Business and Life Solutions. Um, and I can also be found on Instagram at Harmony Business Life Coaching. Um, and of course, LinkedIn is Naomi L. Brown. Um, you can find me there as well and um, we've got some very exciting things coming up 
um, over the next coming months in particular we've got uh, I've got an, a course which I'm launching into kind of evolving abundance now when we think of abundance we automatically think of finance and those kind of materialistic wealth but for me coming off the back of this theme I want it it's aimed at more empowering women to have the confidence to go for the what for what they want and believe that what we want in life we can actually achieve and I'm certainly living proof of that in this short time since my own ordeals so I um, absolutely love it absolutely love it yeah, no, well, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing. And what I'll do is I'll include all of those links in the episode notes. Thank um, you. So listeners, um, please feel free to visit the episode notes uh, where I will also highlight the top 10 tips from today's episode. And you'll be able to uh, link up with Naomi if you'd like to there. So um, for the final question, okay, because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, what does that title mean to you as a woman? For me, basically, I've always associated myself now more so than ever being the own, you know, the queen and that takes center stage in her own story. I, it's funny that you say that. So when I was a child, I always wanted to be the princess. I was obsessed with fairy tales, particularly anything the Brothers Grimm. Um, and I used to have this fairy tale book, and I was always wanting to be saved. I think saved from my own experiences, but as an adult, as a woman, and as a strong woman, I now know that only I can take myself away from the experiences I don't want to be in. Only I can engage in the things that I want to and choose to, and only I can place that crown upon my head. So I think for me now, it's about, you know, taking that stand, fighting that battle, and conquering it all, because we can, we will, we shall, and we must. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. Absolutely. Just beautiful. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for your time and for this beautiful conversation we've had. And yeah, I send you lots of love. Thank you so much. Honestly, Sandy, I find you just an absolute joy. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with the lovely Naomi Brown. I just want to share the top tips and takeaways from today's episode before I say goodbye. So number one, life is not a linear journey. Number two, you cannot heal in the place that keeps you sick. Number three, your plan of escape from the cycle of abuse needs to be suited to you and not anyone else. Number four, take your power from your purpose. That is the power you have to have a good life, to be treated with respect and dignity. Number five, recovery is a process. One day it gets easier and easier. Number six, you just need to be yourself in life, not something someone else tells you they think you need to be. Number seven, when your trust has been broken, it is good to remember to treat everyone by their own merit. Number eight, recovery can truly be found when we grasp that life is not happening to us, but is happening for us. Number nine, listen to your gut, especially when our gut has been feeling uneasy for a while. You may have been listening to your heart and ignoring that uneasy feeling in your gut. This is the time to speak to someone who works in domestic abuse and get some advice. Number 10, needing support with mental health is a very normal and often necessary part of the healing journey for victims. Number 11, it is important to engage fully in our own healing journey to go to the sources of pain and allow the emotions to rise up and move out of us as well as focusing on being positive. Okay, number 12, you may be triggered by things that other people may do or say and it is good to understand and acknowledge when you are triggered and know that this is a part of your healing journey. 
Okay, that's it for today's show. I hope that you got a lot out of this interview with Naomi. Again, I just want to apologize for the issues that I had with sound today. Um, Sometimes technology is beyond me and sometimes technology fails me um, because I haven't quite got things right. And um, yeah, today's interview was one of those instances and I'm really really sorry I hope that it doesn't detract from uh, you listening fully to this interview that's you know a really amazing conversation between two survivors of abusive relationships and um, the things that we now do to help others who are either still in their abusive relationship or have come out the other side of it and are looking to heal and recover from their experiences. So I send you lots of love and lots of light and of course I wish you well and please stay safe. Okay, see you. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life The light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au.
Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.